Hello there. You are listening to How to Live the Podcast, where we have real meaningful and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. So excited to be with you in your ears for another episode. Thanks for having us. Always excited to be in your ears. Always excited to just be able to talk about whatever we want to talk about and that you will just tune on in and let us chat. Just sisters having a good old afternoon chat. So today we're going to be chatting about something that came up because lately I have noticed that I've been meeting people, I've been chatting to people, and a few people have mentioned to me that they would love to start their own business even a bit of a side hustle that they have an idea that they'd really love to carry out. And I noticed a bit of a common theme was that all these people were like, but I could never do that. Or I'm not ready to do it right now. Or maybe sometime in the future. Or I don't know what people would think. But I'm just noticing that there's a lot of self-doubt going on. And I don't know these people that well who I've been speaking to. And so none of them have known that this is what I do. I encourage other people to go out and just do shit and live their dream and make the world a better place. So on behalf of these people, today's episode is going to be inspiring you and reminding you why you are awesome and why you are the best person to carry out your dreams. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What comes to mind here when we start to talk about this is the idea that when you're young, you're like fully fearless. And then the older you get, the more fearful you get. So if I think about, you know, when I learned to ski when I was little, I would just like ski around and not really be thinking about all my limbs breaking and all of the other awful things that might happen, very small percentage. And the older I've gotten, probably each year I notice myself feeling a little bit more anxious that I might accidentally fall off the cliff and die or something to that tune. Or just a little something like that. Not that I've thought about it too much. (laughs) But I feel like that logic can completely be applied to starting a business, which then makes sense to me why you're always hearing about these young guns who just put it all out there and started a business when they were so young, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. So I feel like that's why young people start businesses. And then the older we get, we're like, oh no, that's too scary. Oh no, that's okay for them, but it's not okay for me. And we start to talk ourselves out of it. So true. And I feel like there's this really big piece that's like, oh, well, somebody else could do it and I could never do that. And so much of what we hear about is always the super success stories. And Mm. I think those stories are really intimidating. They make the benchmark really unrealistic. They make people be like, well, I could never go out and be that big. But it's like, there's so much impact to be made in the world. And there are so many different ways that you can carve out your own path, that you can start your own business. And that I think that we need to just take all of that. You know, you're listening to all these podcasts and there are all these like crazy, amazing women entrepreneurs and they've like dedicated their lives and they have 17 nannies and all of that stuff. But there's no one 
way of carving out your path. You can do it however you want and you can define success for yourself and look at what success looks like for you and it doesn't have to be what everybody else has gone and done. Yeah, maybe starting a business to you looks like just starting something on your own and maybe it's making something with your hands and you're able to make a living for yourself and that's all it's going to be. Or maybe it's actually mega and you envisage yourself having a ginormous team. But so I think the thing about people that do go and do things is that they just believe in themselves and that they go and do it. And I think that the people who don't, there's nothing wrong with them. There's no difference in their abilities. It's just not actually having that self-belief. And I think that a really important thing to note is that we all have Mm self-doubts and we all don't know that we are the best person to do this. We all fear telling people and being ridiculed. Like we all have those things. And so I feel like just as a starting point, let's just put that out there that if you're feeling that way, you're not unique you're not special, sorry to tell you, but we all feel like that. And that ain't a reason not to do it. Like just because you have that feeling, that is okay. You can sit with that feeling and you can get through it. And something that I really like is that Moon, my spiritual coach, she will say this thing, which is so true, which is, do you have any self-belief? Like, yes. Is it 3%? Is it 5%? Is it 15%? Even if it's something so small like that, if you've got somewhere inside of you that feels like somewhere maybe you might be able to actually take on this journey, you're good. That's all you need. All you need is the little bit, 1%, 5%, whatever it is. And then you can start to foster that within yourself. But all you need is that little tiny flame somewhere within you. You don't even have to know where it is. You don't even have to be able to articulate it. All you need is that little driver that you can feel to start to push into your journey and know that you can do this and find comfort in the fact that, like Steph said, we all have some level of self-doubt. Some of us have more than others. I've definitely have dealt with a fair share of self-doubt can tell you like all the negative self-talk trying to convince myself that why the fuck am I doing this and I think that the way that I got through that was to fake it (laughs) (laughs) the best way to get through anything even if I didn't believe it in those moments to tell myself you can do it you are the right person for this job and the more I told myself the truer it became so it's not like this yucky faking it but it's more like this telling myself I can do it and actually manifesting that within your mindset Mm, because I think so many people are sitting there and become like a little bit paralyzed. I would want to do that, but I couldn't. And just starting to take the action, even if you're not quite fully there, if you start to take the action, it's baby steps. If you haven't done anything and you're looking at the situation and you're like, whoa, how am I ever going to take that leap from here to starting a business? But you don't look at an empty plot of land and be like, shit, how the hell am I going to take this? And it's going to become a house but you've got to take one brick and then you've got to take another brick and then you've got to do some planning and then you've got to put some more bricks down and eventually one day you will have built a house. And I think it's the same thing that just take an action, just take a little action towards starting a business, just 
make a little Wix site or do a bit of market research. Start an Instagram, come up with a name, start asking your friends if they like the idea, get some people together that you know to survey them. Start actually verbalizing your idea, even just tell one person that you would thought it would be really scary to tell. Get on a chat room and tell somebody random. I don't know, get on a Reddit thread and write about it there. Join a Facebook group, join a group like Like Minded Bitches Drinking Wine, where people test their ideas out all the time. And telling people in that way sounds really scary, but I think that starting to be verbal about your wants and needs is the first step because it helps keep you accountable. You know, if you're constantly just ruminating over it in your head, then you could just be like that for years and years and years. But once you start to actually tell people, it's this way of holding yourself accountable. So I think the reason that we thought this is such a good thing to talk about today is because in COVID in 2020, so many people have been losing their jobs or are really struggling to get the level of job that they had before or struggling to find a job. And it's actually a really awesome time to innovate. And I was really surprised when my boyfriend Renan came to me, he runs Luna Startup Studio. They help startups with like legal accounting and stuff. And I was so surprised when he said to me that they've had more entrepreneurs and new businesses coming to them over the last six to nine months because actually those clever people have realized, well, if I'm not going to be able to do what I was doing before COVID, maybe now's the time to take the plunge. Maybe now's the time to innovate and reinvent myself. And I think that is such a good point that now if you are feeling like you're struggling, you're a bit nervous for what the future holds, or you don't feel like you can get the job that you want, now is kind of the perfect time to reach inside and find that little whisper of a dream that you've had that you've maybe been ignoring or been too scared to take the leap with. And now is actually the perfect time to take action on that. Yeah. And I think we're also such creatures of habit and we're so deep in our routines, all of us. So the fact that this has been a year of completely shaking up routines, you no longer can sit back and find all of the excuses that you might have been able to in 2019. It's literally the universe being like, hey, I'm taking this aspect of your excuses away from you and thrusting you into actually paying attention to what you want to do. And I think that a lot of what we hear from people is that they have an idea, but they're not really sure if that's what they want to do. And maybe there's something else that's better, or maybe they need to like wait and figure out how exactly this idea is relevant. And the thing is what we've really learned. I think once we got on the business hamster wheel, we just kept on rolling. And so for us, almost nine years ago, we started a blog. It was a little daily diary when I was moving to Paris for six months and we just started writing to each other that way. And meanwhile, that has been able over the nine years to turn into a podcast, environmentally friendly, vegan footwear brand. And we just never had any idea that when we were starting that blog, that it was going to lead us here. So had we sat around and be like, oh no, but we really like talking verbally and not writing, you know, (laughs) how are we going to make this work? We would have never realized that that was a stepping stone to this. So I think that starting to do something, even if it is something like writing some medium articles or starting your own blog, something so, so small like that, selling something at a market, which is actually how Lizia Begg from Spell and the Gypsy, who we had on this podcast, told us that her sister Spelly started their 
insanely massive brand. And so you've just kind of got to start somewhere. And once you're on and the momentum is rolling, it is always going to lead you to other places. But had we sat around for nine years being like, uh, ooh, we don't know, then we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that there's such a fine line between knowledge and information that empowers and knowledge and information that cripples. And there is so much that you could be consuming right now on starting a business. You could be listening to a million podcasts. You could be reading all of the books. You could be looking at all of the articles. And the thing is, until you start to dip your toe and actually start making shit happen, you won't start to learn because the best way to learn something is to learn on the job. When we wanted to start our footwear business tubes, we literally had no fucking idea what we were doing. We did not know how to run a footwear brand and we did- We didn't even know how to make a shoe. We didn't know anything about any of it. And- I think that had we gone into it with all of the information at our fingertips and have consumed all that we could possibly know about making a footwear brand, I honestly don't think we would have done it because it's fucking hard and there are so many complicated things like about a size business and about selling footwear online. And there's a myriad of reasons that we could have decided not to do it, but we did decide to do it and we didn't know that much and we went in fairly blind and that was when we started to learn. So I think that while it's really tempting to be like, I'll do that, but first I need to learn this, but first I need to talk to this person, it's like, no, stop it. Just do it. Just take that first step because if you're already having those thoughts, you're already the kind of person that's going to seek out the right information. But the point is to not allow that to hold you back from actually making good decisions and just putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like that's really key. Totally. One foot in front of the other. I love that. That's all it's really about. That is the secret. And basically we're telling you to turn off this podcast right now and go do it. No, but actually listen to the end because we've got some more valuable info coming. And I think also when we started out tubes, we started to tell people about it. And there is such a thing as just like there's gathering too much information. There's also asking for too many opinions. I don't Mm. know if anyone's guilty of this because I have some friends who are that when they want to do something, they just go around and they need everybody's opinion. And we actually went on this startup program, Mamilla, when tubes had been around for just a few months. And we had these eight or 10 business coaches and they were all really successful entrepreneurs and they all had opinions on tubes. And I think a couple of them maybe liked it, but a lot of them came to us and a lot of really successful people who we really (laughs) looked up to. And they were like, girls, I love you. I love your energy. You guys are amazing. You're going places. You're definitely going to do something great, but, but this isn't it. Shoes shoes are not your thing. Shoes aren't your thing. We don't feel it. A lot of people started coming up to us and being like, have you heard of Shoes of Prey? Maybe if you were customizing shoes. And now we're like, "Uh, Shoes of Prey is totally out of business. So lucky we didn't take that advice because we could have very easily been like, oh shit. And we did. And we got in our heads a lot. And we would come back to each other and be like, shit, oh my God, all these people who really know what they're talking about hate our business idea. Should we be doing more customizable stuff? I even remember at one point we had this idea of being able to customize the base and that different straps could click into it. And 
it was just sending us into a tailspin because everybody's going to have a different opinion. There are a million different roads to Rome. But it's not that they were necessarily wrong. What we were showing them, it was kind of shit. <laughs> like the shoes that we were showing them sucked. In hindsight, now after five years of being in business, I would not show those shoes. I would be embarrassed to be selling the shoes. But the thing was, we were in our first year and we were just figuring out how to sell shoes. And that's totally fine. And being able to learn and grow as a business is exactly what you should be doing. You know, if we put out shoes five years ago that we were still selling today and they hadn't improved at all, that would be worrisome. But the fact that we were just like, let's just go with this and learn as we do. I think that's the key. And that reminds me of even starting to be a yoga teacher because on Instagram now, you can just find the best yoga teachers at the click of a button. And sometimes, and me and my friends were all really guilty of this, you go to these classes and you see these amazing yoga teachers they've been teaching for 10 years and they're wonderful. So then when you as a fresh yoga teacher start teaching, you know your classes compared to theirs kind of suck. But of course they kind of suck. You only started teaching yoga yesterday. You shouldn't be as good as someone who's been teaching for 10 years. And I feel like that applies to business as well. Like our shoes were shit. We just learned how to make shoes, but people still wanted to buy them. People weren't looking at them and comparing them to our tubes now five years down the track and saying, oh no, those ones bad, those ones good. They didn't know any better. Mm. And no one's going to know if your product isn't as good as you want it to be or as good as you think it could be because you're always going to be evolving and always going to be learning. Yeah. And there's this quote that I've heard, and I feel like a few people say this, is that if you're not looking back at your very first iteration of something and cringing, then you're doing it all wrong. Always you are going to look back and be like, what the hell was I doing? Because that means you've evolved. That means that you've grown. So it has to start as this little seed. Like that's okay that all you are is this little seed right now because eventually it will sprout and it will grow and grow and grow. And I love what you touched on there with the yoga teachers because I think I remember you also saying like, oh, but there are so many awesome yoga teachers. What do I kind of have to offer? Do I need to be a yoga teacher because does the world need another yoga teacher? And I feel like it can so often feel that way that no matter what your idea is, it feels like uh, there's already heaps of that out there. And we did feel that way for a long time. We felt, oh, there are already all these other shoes out there. Or like now that all of these chunky sandals shoes have become so trendy and that's what our shoes have always been, it could easily be from us, well, everybody else is doing that. Do they need another chunky sandal? But I think that there's always a way to make it your own. There's always a niche to be found. And I think that for us, going in a more sustainable direction has really shown us that, that we have now found this beautiful niche of making shoes that we're really proud of, that are environmentally conscious. And we haven't given you guys an update, but low-key, the shoes have been going bananas. Peeps be freaking out. And we're so excited to know that people really do want to shop their values and really do care. And for us, we can like market them and put them out there now knowing that we are doing good and we feel really good about what we're doing, which is awesome. But also we've found this awesome niche and we've found our place. And I think 
when you look at sustainability, which you can talk to a lot more than I can, but everything needs a sustainable version of it. There's so much shit out there at the moment that everyone needs a sustainable version of what they're doing or like activism in the environmental space or an app that helps them find environmental things. Just in that one space alone, I can tell you for sure there is infinite amount of things that we still need. And you're a yoga teacher that I see people's feedback from your classes. Jess, you just get me like it's got this little sprinkling of magic. Everyone's got their own little unique thing and unique touch that they can bring to something. Don't ever let, oh, that's already so done, hold you back. Obviously, don't go out and copy what is already out there, like a product or a service or whatever, but how can you put your own spin on it? And sometimes just trust that you couldn't have been like, oh, well, I'm going to yoga teach, but I'm going to do it upside down. You know, you didn't need to do something like that. You just trust that having you as a yoga teacher, you are going to find your own unique flavor. Mm, Yeah. And I think when people think about what is the point of difference? I need to find my point of difference. The mistake that they make is they go really far with it. They're like, the point of difference needs to be so, so, so different. Which we've totally been guilty of. So for example, like with us, our first shoes, they came in a tube instead of a box and they were waterproof. So you could put them in the washing machine. We didn't need to do that. The shoes were vegan and they looked pretty different. That was different enough, but I feel like we got really caught up in that. There's a fine line between gimmicky and unique. Yeah, exactly. And in order for something to have a point of difference, it doesn't need to be that different. It just needs to be looked at in a different way. And it's so funny that you brought up that sustainability thing, by the way, because you were away for the week and I was on a panel with a couple of incredible entrepreneurs like Erica Jarrett from Fluff. And that's exactly what I said, literally <laughs> word for word. Like that was the advice that I gave. I just basically said everything you just said, which is so funny. Oh my God. We're obviously so deeply on the same page. I mean, no surprise there. That's so but funny. I, I do think that right now every single industry is ripe for disruption if you wanted to go down the sustainable path. And I think that it's a pretty great time because it is the way of the future, but big businesses take really long to implement real change. And the beautiful thing about being a small business or a startup or whatever you are going to be, you, is that you can do it from the outset and you can be nimble and agile and you can implement things as you learn about them, which is what we've done with Tubes. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. It also makes me think when I often read reviews of like spiritual authors, people will often write like, oh, this is the same old stuff recycled. Like I remember reading that, I think about Gabby Bernstein, who's like an amazing manifester. And I think the thing is a lot of stuff that we all do is not new. Newsflash, people have been putting stuff on their feet as a shoe for like, I don't know, thousands of years. We didn't invent that. That's okay. But when it comes to like spiritual advice, some people are going to want it packaged up in a Gabby Bernstein and that's going to resonate with them the most. And some people are going to want it packaged up in an Eckhart Tolle and some people are going to want it packaged up in The Secret. It's actually just part of human nature that we're all attracted to different people and different things and different ways of being. And I think that we don't all have to follow the same person or the same product. There's so much space. And that's where having big business becomes problematic because it's like an Amazon where like they're taking all the money. It's actually awesome when we can spread it out. You'll resonate with me and someone else resonate with someone else. And then there's kind of space for all of us to be doing what we love and to create a living out of that. Yes, 100. 100%. I love that. And I would also love to touch on failure here for a second, because I think that a big reason that 
we don't do the things that pop into our mind is because we're scared we're going to fail, right? That's a very human experience. But even if you set out to start a business and it ends up quote unquote failing, at the end of your life, when you zoom out, I can guarantee you that you will have learned from that experience and you will either take that knowledge and take it into a new business that thrives, or it will just set you off on a different path and it will help you find your truest passion. It will never be a failure at the end of the day. Like, you know, that very typical, it's not over until it's over. Even if you start something and it doesn't work out, what is the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is you have some fun along the way, you try something new, you put yourself out there and you continue to learn and grow and evolve. And those aren't bad things. So don't allow the idea of failure to deter you from getting off your tush and just making it happen because there is no such thing as failure. We're all just out here learning. So true. And If you do need some more of a pep talk on how to believe in yourself, we did record an episode called The Ultimate Pep Talk. If you search that, The Ultimate Pep Talk, how to live in your podcast app, you'll be able to find that. And basically, we just tell you why you are the best person to carry this out because you are, because there is no one like you, because you are just as fucking awesome and talented and capable as the person next to you. And the only difference is that they went out and they did it. And we know that you listening to this, you can go out and do that thing that has been playing on your mind that you have been talking yourself out of. You can do it. We need you to do it. The world needs you to go out and live that truth and create something incredible for the world. Don't do it for you do it for us. Words, words, love that. And on that self-doubt thing, I would just like to share an experience that I had actually on Friday night. I met the most wonderful woman like in a social setting and she is a lawyer and she's so intelligent. She's so charismatic. She's just amazing in every fucking way. And I just like instantly thought to myself, I'm so much less intelligent than her. I'm so much less capable than her. I know so much less. I read so much less because that's what we do, right? We look at someone else and we compare. And then I caught myself in that cycle and I didn't even know why I was there. And I just thought to myself, well, you know what? I actually have a business and I do this and I do that and whatever. And I talked myself out of it. But I think that if we always just looked at everyone else and we realized objectively, she was a lot more intelligent than me. That's okay. I don't need to be the most intelligent person. That's fine. Like she can be that. And when you say she was intelligent, maybe she was more informed. Maybe she'd read more information. She just seemed like deeply, deeply intelligent. But we don't all need to be all of the things, but we are the best at what we are the best at. We always have something to give that's different to what the person next to us has. So if you're looking the person next to you thinking they're better off at trying this thing than I am because they're good at XYZ. Well, you're really good at ABC, but you're only seeing XYZ because that's what they're good at and not what you're good at. That is so true. We always just kind of want what they've got rather than just looking at ourselves and embracing our uniqueness. Yeah. It's hard to look inside and see all of the benefits. It's much easier to look outside and see the benefits in them and then see the 
non-benefits. What's the non-benefits? The non-benefits. So we actually have a really cool exercise that we like to do where we will just write down the things that we are good at and we'll pick out the like very top unique things that we're awesome at. And that's a little exercise we do because according to a lot of work experts, everyone has two to three things that they're really fucking good at. I think even the guy that ran it with us said everyone's good at one to three things. So like even if you're only good at one thing, congrats, you are really good at one thing. Like that's amazing. Yeah, that can be a really good starting point to just do that little exercise just to maybe like see what are my strengths. So you can be like, all right, maybe I need a partner to do this with if I want to achieve this thing or maybe just give you a little bit of clarity. So let's get into some quick fires. Quick fire number one is what was the first business idea you ever had? I think for like a hot minute, I was really into the idea of selling vintage rings where like I took vintage coins and I stuck them on rings and I just made them for myself. And then I was like, I could sell these. I don't know if you remember, I must've been like 13 or something. And then I started making some for my friends. And then I probably just talked myself out of it and told myself that someone else should do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that. I remember running a lemonade stand when I was like nine or 10. And I remember I was so determined to sell that like I didn't want to go inside. I was just like, lemonade, yelling out in the street. And I was at a friend's house. And I remember the parents laughing at me and I didn't really understand why, but I can now see why. Like they could just see I was so determined to sell all the lemonade. She's going to be an entrepreneur. Good for her. <laughs> what is your favorite small business currently? My favorite small business currently is the local crystal shop in Byron Bay that I just can't help supporting over and over again. And there you go. That's a great business that everyone has a crystal shop, but yet somehow I will still find a new crystal shop and I will love that crystal shop. Awesome. What about you? Mine is probably Sable, which is this cafe in Richmond. It's a vegan cafe and they started maybe three months ago, not very long ago at all, and they're doing vegan bagels and vegan cookies. And obviously veganism is just like fucking thriving and already they've just had to expand their kitchen because people are just all over it and loving it. And it's so awesome to have watched them go from just opening and surveying every single customer when they come to eat. They're like, oh, are you vegan? Like, oh, how did you hear about us? Whatever. To like now I can see that they're just totally thriving in the vegan community in Melbourne. It's just so behind them. Oh, that's so cool. I know. Really, next time I'm in Melbourne, I'm going to carve out some time to go there because it sounds amazing. What TV show are you loving at the moment? Oh, Shit's Creek. I'm loving it so much. I resisted it for years. I had tried to watch it a few years ago. Actually, I think I had tried to watch it with you and I just hated it so much. Like I watched the first two episodes and I was like, how does anyone think this show is good? It's shit. Then a few of my friends recently were like, I promise if you push through the first three seasons, you'll fall in love. And that sounds like a ginormous commitment to push through three seasons of something you hate to fall in love. But I've been at home and I haven't had anything to do. So I watched the first three seasons, fully hated it. And like clockwork got to the end of season three and was obsessed. I am still on season one and I'm still hating it. So we'll see if I persevere. If you persevere, you will love it. Yeah, I'd love a show that I love because I don't really have one at the moment. Okay, last question. You're stranded on an island in Hawaii, but no one else is there. Great. I have my own private Hawaiian island. That's what I heard. Yep. 
and you're only allowed to eat three foods while you're there for the entire time. Okay. I want to have mangoes, spaghetti Napoli, and chocolate. Do you like that? I didn't even have to think about that one. Actually, chocolate cake. I was also thinking mangoes. Yeah, mangoes. Just like mangoes for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Mangoes is what you want. Mangoes for a snack. Yep. What would you take? Acai bowl. Oh, yum. I want that. Margarita pizza. Delish. Tacos. No dessert? Nah, acai bowl's dessert enough for me. Okay. Like I'd have it in the morning for brekkie and then I might have an afternoon tea. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. And if you did... We'd love to ask you a favor. This is how people hear about our podcast is when you, beautiful person listening, tell other people about it. So we would love you to send this episode to a friend who you think would just love to listen to it and somebody who needs a little shove to start their own business. Also do make sure you come and hang out with us in all our favorite places where at how to live the podcast on Instagram and how to live the podcast is our Facebook group. We will see you right here next week. Same time, same place for another chat with the two of us. We will be wrapping up the year. It's going to be our last episode for 2020. And then we're going to be taking a little podcast break after that because I think we deserve one. I think we deserve one too. We have not taken a podcast break all year. So we're going to do that. That's going to be great. Hope you have a beautiful week. Love you so much. And we'll see ya. Bye. See ya.